Welcome to the weekly podcast, recorded live at Glory City Church, Brisbane. We hope you are blessed by this week's sermon. Well, thank you, Jesus. Isn't it good to be in the house of God? I love Fridays because we have the opportunity just to worship as long as you want to worship. We can, we can just um, give him all our time. And I want to share some things tonight with you before I release an impartation because I am... I'm so excited about what God's got. But I think it's also really interesting that God is moving and he is moving. Genuine revival is happening. I'm sensing it in my own life personally. Anyone else sensing there's a personal revival going on in your own heart? Come on, seriously, give me a wave that you're feeling that <laughs> that invitation to, to pull aside and to go deeper and to voluntarily want to make more room for God. Hallelujah. And that's so exciting. And it's spilling over and becoming a corporate thing where God is moving in such power. But at the same time, the world seems to have bought into the spirit of fear. There's a virus that they say most people are going to experience like a cold if they get it. And yet it's causing people to go out and empty shopping center of shelves of toilet paper. Seriously. Tom came out this week and he says, I made a meme. I said, that is not what I expected you to say. <laughs> I just thought it was ridiculous. How ridiculous. The, the thing that's going on right now, the worst thing that's happening is not a virus. It's the world buying into a spirit of fear. And fear brings destruction. And we are called to operate in the opposite spirit. Hallelujah. And the opposite of fear is love because it's perfect love that casts out fear. Hallelujah. And in the midst of the world in fear, we have an opportunity to bring this solution. The antidote to fear is a genuine encounter with the supernatural one who is love personified. Hallelujah. And I believe that we need to be vigilant not to buy into the, the fear. Hallelujah. Because the Holy Spirit is doing something right now that we mustn't miss. The Bible talks about Moses and when he saw the burning bush. Scripture says that when he saw the bush burning and not being consumed, he turned aside. Now, he didn't just rush home and tell everybody, I saw a supernatural thing. I'm praying and declaring supernatural signs and wonders and miracles. Hallelujah, like we've never seen before. Uh, we had a diamond here the other night, which was just on the platform, which is amazing. But I want more. I want to see the supernatural signs and wonders and miracles multiplied. But the, the thing was, it wasn't just about the sign and the wonder. It, the sign and the wonder was an invitation to turn aside and give your full attention. And he turned aside and he gave his full attention to what he could sense was something supernatural. And when he turned aside, he was commissioned. We've got our commissioned conference coming up. Hallelujah. Do you see how I did that? Hallelujah. 
It's going to be really good. But he was commissioned out of the burning bush. The Holy Spirit spoke. The Lord spoke and commissioned him out of the encounter that he made room for. I've made room here tonight. We actually moved a, a, a row of seats because I want to make room tonight for people to encounter God. But I believe the Holy Spirit's calling us. I, I did a, a FaceTime live this morning with Lana Vorzer. And she's been watching online each week and she, would, she just wanted to talk about this concept of making room for God because God had been speaking to her about that too. And I, I, actually, I really believe, now hear me, that the Holy Spirit is moving right now in people's lives. And all of you who said, yes, I've been sensing a personal revival starting to stir in my heart. If you will turn aside and make some room for that. I mean, you came out tonight. You've made room because you've sensed God's doing something. I'm going to turn aside. I'm going to give my time and my focus and my energy and my attention to what God's doing. And when you do that... God comes in and he commissions you to another level. Hallelujah. There's something that happens. D.L. Moody, when he was walking the streets of New York, he'd been having two ladies who were interceding for him. God bless our intercessors. God bless our intercessors. I'm so, so grateful for you. But they had been faithfully interceding for him to have a baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire. And he agreed, that's a good thing. You guys keep going. So they were praying, and he just started to feel this oh, moving of the Holy Ghost on his heart. And rather than just going, that's nice, oh, I felt God. He, he made room in his day. He was supposed to be going to England that afternoon on a boat, but he still had a few hours. So he actually stopped what he was doing, went to the nearest house of a friend, and he said, can I just use a room? And he made room to just pay attention to what the Holy Spirit was starting to do in his heart. And as he did that, he was baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. And then he says, his writings tell us that from that day on, he was preaching the same revelations. He was preaching the same sermons. But suddenly hundreds were getting saved. And it was the power of the Holy Ghost. But what he had done is actually turn aside and make room for that little pulling. Now, sometimes for me, it feels like just a song that's rolling around in my heart, an old song. Does anyone else have the Lord sometimes speak to them in songs? This is interactive, so you can actually admit it. Yes. Well, I've learned to recognize those things as invitations. So I'll start singing some song. I started singing an old Jeff Bullock song today. I mean, that's a long time ago. I remember maybe Jeff Bullock or Russell Frager. I mean, it's an oldie. You rescued me and lift me up. And I just began to oh, lean into it and recognize this is an invitation. And I, I used it as an invitation to just go into some worship time with the Lord. And as I did, I just, I, it, he, he just brought me into his presence in a deeper and a more glorious way. And so I've, I'm learning what it looks like to pay attention to what looks like just the beginnings of something. When you start to get a, a desire to, 
to, to do something more or to, to seek Him a little more or, or make some room in your life. You know, you might get this random thought, maybe I'll just, instead of watching a movie with the family tonight, maybe I'll just go into my room and read the Bible or, or worship. And if you do it, there is something waiting for you that is so much sweeter, so much greater than you might have imagined. I'm sure that Moses had no idea what would happen as he turned aside to see that bush burning. It was an encounter that changed not only his destiny, but the destiny of all Israel. That's the thing with God. You give him an inch, he takes a mile. You give him a little bit, just a little bit of time, and he comes in. Because his desire is more glorious and more intense than your desire ever would be or could be. His desire for you to encounter him, for him to encounter you, is deeper and richer than you've ever understood. God enjoys your voice. He enjoys your voice. It's a, it's a concept that's extraordinary. I find that amazing. I was sharing this the other night, that the other night when I just spent some time worshiping God, just singing to him. That night I had a vision of myself giving a gift to God and I asked the Lord, what is this gift? What can I give you? And he said, you were, you, your song is a gift to me. And I was so touched, like, God, why would you? And, and it, it's overwhelming to me to realize how much he enjoys your worship. But then if you think about it, is anyone here a parent? How much does it mean to you when your kids actually just enjoy being in your presence? When or when your kids actually say something spontaneously full of love for you? I mean, oh, <laughs> it doesn't get better than that. And that is the heart of God, only so much more. We come and we say, we love you, God. And he's there going, oh, they love me. She loves me. I love you. Let me show you how much. Free for strength. Get ready. Here I come. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. like, oh, wasn't expecting that. Hooray. I've seen him do this over and over again. I've said to him, Lord, set me free from this fear that I have. And the moment I open the door, he comes in and goes, oh, I'd love to, and I'll take care of everything else at the same time. I'll deliver you from all your fears, because you don't understand that's just the tip of an iceberg, so let's just deal with all of that. Here we go, let me take all of that for you. That's the way he is. He's so, so longing to fill your life. Some of us get this concept that, well, you know, I should be longing after God. I should, I should be making more room for him in my life. Okay, all right, I'll try. But we have this concept like I'll, I'll, it'll never be enough. And even when we do, we'll st we still buy into the lie that I'm just not doing enough to really make him happy. But we're not understanding that every moment that you take to lift your eyes to him, 
You know, Jesus lifted his eyes. I was reading about that this week. Jesus lifted his eyes to heaven. It made me happy because I often go outside when I pray or I often look out the window when I pray. He lifted his eyes to heaven. And as you lift your eyes to him, as you, as you take a moment to seek his face, he's not there going, well, we'll see how good this is. He's not there judging it. He's not there going, well, yeah, we'll see if they're really serious. We'll see how long they pray. We'll see how, how much passion they put into that worship. The moment you just look to him in faith, his heart is filled with delight and love and love for you. That's who he is. And you see, when we start to have faith in who he is, we'll no longer be limited by the shame and the condemnation that often makes us give up before we even start. A lot of the church has been locked in a place where they... They've, they've given up before they even begin because they've believed a lie about who God is. For, for centuries, the church taught people that God is an angry God. And when you see the lightning and the thunder, be ready, he's out to get you. That's God being angry at you. And people lived believing in God, but believing that he was angry angry at them and and hard to please and unknowable and too holy for them. It was called the dark ages because the truth wasn't being told. The truth is your face to him is lovely and your voice is sweet. Hallelujah. We're going to turn, if you would, to the book of Song of Songs, Song of Solomon. Hallelujah. Shabbat. Song of Solomon, chapter 2. Verse 14. O my dove, in the clefts of the rock, in the secret place of the steep pathway, let me see your face, let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. In the Passion Translation, it says it like this, which I really love. Can you not discern the new day of destiny breaking forth around you? The early signs of my purposes and plans are bursting forth all around you. The budding vines of new life are now blooming everywhere. The fragrance of their flowers tell us that there is change in the air. Arise, my dearest darling, let us run to the higher place, for now is the time to arise and come away with me. For you are my dove, hidden in the split open rock. It was I who took you and hid you up high in the secret stairway of the sky. Let me see your radiant face and hear your sweet voice. How beautiful your eyes of worship, how sweet and enchanting your voice in prayer. For you are ravishing to me. You know, the heart of God is that when he looks at you, he's undone. I was undone when he... When I saw the way he looked at me, I was undone. But he is undone every time you come to him. Every time you say, I'm here, Lord, I'm here to worship you. Every time you say, I love you, Lord. His his reaction isn't one of judgment to see how well you do. He is more emotional He is the author of emotion. 
He is love himself. He is a father that loves more than any father has ever loved their child. When you speak to him, you have his full attention. Absolute full attention. His gaze that is uncomfortable. You have to pray for strength to be able to handle the way that he looks at you because he doesn't look at you judgmentally. He looks at you with absolute love. Seeing your faith in his son, Jesus. Hallelujah. And as you look and as you keep on looking, your confidence grows and you can boldly approach the throne of grace. Hallelujah. But I want to share with you this verse here in verse 15. It says, catch the foxes for us, the little foxes that are ruining the vineyards while our vineyards are in blossom. In the Passion Translation, it says here, the time has now come. We must catch those troubling foxes, those little foxes which hinder our relationships, our relationship. They are the compromises which continue to ruin our budding vineyard of love. I've planted within you. Will you catch them and remove them for me? We'll do it together. You know, the heart of God is that catch the foxes for us. It's not just for you, it's for us, you and he, me and him. Catch the foxes for us, he says to me. Catch the little things that are spoiling the purity of our love the things that are hindering our relationship, the things that are causing you to hide your face in shame, the things that are causing you to pull away in guilt, the things that are causing you to fear approaching Him, put them away. Because when we put those things away, when we catch the little foxes, when we begin to identify them and we exchange them for His mercy and His freedom, the joy of the Lord will fill your heart because the Bible says in His presence there is absolute joy, it says in the ESV, or one of those translations, hallelujah. <laughs> absolute joy, fullness of joy. Fullness means no room for anything but joy. How does it feel to experience Nothing in your heart but joy. Not joy with a little bit of dread that you're trying to keep in the corner. Not joy with a little bit of guilt and fear and shame. Not, not joy with a bit of fear. But absolute joy, fullness of joy. It's what he has for you. Oh, that's happier than you're actually reacting. I read things like that and I see it as an invitation waiting for my response. Why should we live with anything less? But you see, it takes catching the little foxes to make that happen. Little foxes are things that take up the room in your head, in your life. What does it feel like to not have any guilt, any shame? Now, the way that that happens is when you identify the things that are causing guilt and shame and you repent. You say, that, that's wrong. I don't want that in my life. I'm really sorry, God. I turned from that. 
I cut that off and I turn to you. Ah, and thank you, God, I don't have to be ashamed of that anymore. Hallelujah. It's, it's the things, the little fears, the worries that God wants us to exchange for his peace. It's the regrets. Like I, I have thoughts come up. Oh God, I wish I'd done things differently when I went there or I wish, this had ha- I, wish I hadn't done that. Or I... And when I have those thoughts, I recognise, hey, that is a little fox. So I'm going to take that like foreign currency and I'm gonna, I recognise that, I identify that. That is something that I'm regretting and that's bothering me and troubling me. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get that right, right now, Lord, and I'm going to push it across the table and receive by faith in exchange. <sighs> Double recompense. Receive in exchange forgiveness, mercy, peace, blessing, hallelujah. For your former shame, pain, and disgrace, you shall have double recompense. Hallelujah, Isaiah 61, 7. It's his delight to do it. This is how we catch the little foxes, the little thoughts. Do you ever have thoughts that like, oh God, I regret that, or I wish that, or or these are these are little foxes, but rather than just ignoring them, catch it. Ah, I see that. I'm going to pray about that because you said be anxious about nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your request known to God and the peace of God will rule in your heart. So I'm going to catch that. That's a thought that's troubling me, that's rolling around. So I'm going to catch that and I'm going to give it to you to make a miracle out of that mess. That looks like a mess. You're the miracle maker. You said I could exchange my mess for a miracle. You said I could bring my ashes for beauty. So that looks like ashes, God. So I'm giving that to you now. That's a little fox that's trying to um, torment me. So I'm bringing those ashes to you, God. There it is. I'm pushing it across the table and I'm receiving. Hallelujah. (sighs) Double recompense. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Catch for us the little foxes, the things that spoil, those things that are, oh, but God, but God. I, or, or the lies that the enemy would tell you, or the fears or the worries, you know, and the things that you start to recognise aren't good. Oh, God, I shouldn't have watched that. I'll say, yeah, okay, that was wrong. Sorry, God. And, and just determine not to do that again. And go, and here's the sin. Lord, I'm sorry, here it is. And I receive in exchange your purity, your righteousness, your freedom, your forgiveness. Hooray, hallelujah. And when the enemy comes in and tries to annoy you about that, you go, you're a fox. I'm getting tormented about that, God. So here I'm giving that to you as ashes. That works as foreign currency too. I'm giving you that, hallelujah. Thank you for blessing. Thank you for freedom. Thank you for peace, hallelujah. Catch for us the little foxes, the little things that come and annoy you at night time. The thoughts, the worries, the problems. Sometimes I have problems that I don't know what to do or what the answer is. They're little foxes. So, oh, there's a problem. What could happen? What could do? I'm going to catch that. 
I'm recognizing that's an anxiety, that's a worry. It's a real thing. It needs a solution. You said don't be anxious about anything, Philippians 4. But in everything, with prayer and thanksgiving, make my request known to you. So God, this is a problem. I see it rolling around in my head. It's gnawing at me like a little fox. So I'm catching that, and Lord, I'm asking you, I need help with that. Lord, I pray for a solution with that. Thank you, Lord. And I, I pray into it specifically, and I release it to him, and I push it across the table. And that's worth something, hallelujah. Divine exchange, that is foreign currency. That is definitely gonna, it's gonna have a good divine exchange rate, hallelujah. That looks smelly, that looks troublesome, that looks like pain, shame, or disgrace, that looks like a little fox, that looks like a worry. I can exchange worries for perfect peace. I can exchange problems for divine solutions. I can exchange I don't know what to do for supernatural wisdom. Hooray, hallelujah. Catch for us the little foxes, hallelujah. And I love that it's for us that he wants to do this. It's for our relationship. You know, sometimes there's other things that are little foxes and they're just lifestyle habits that are actually stealing from your time with God. Now, I've lived through the era of, of religiosity where, you know, you don't do this and you don't do that and there's like abundance of rules. And I, I did my best to live by the rules, but I wasn't living by the rules out of a, an overflow of revelation of God's goodness and His love for me. I was trying to please God, not aware that He was already pleased. Didn't mean that I shouldn't be doing those things, but my motivation for doing them was, the was round the wrong way, was backwards. I'm not suggesting that we embrace a legalistic lifestyle, but a laid down lifestyle that willingly surrenders, hallelujah. Not because I have to, but because I want to. I've come to the point where I don't even want secular songs rolling around in my head. I'm so auditory, like I, I was a music teacher. But, and so I, I just, when I'm, when I'm walking around, I don't wanna be singing the last thing I heard if the last thing I heard wasn't actually something pure and holy and of a good report. I want to fill my mind with things of Him. And so, but it's not, I'm not saying that you can't do that or you can't do that. But as you begin to make room, you want to lay down. You want to lay down things that are no longer edifying you. Hallelujah. I actually, I want more of this. I'm loving my dreams being filled with Jesus. I'm loving my thoughts being filled with Him. I'm loving my, my, my heart waking up with a spiritual song, hallelujah. But what you put in is what you'll get out. Where I'm having a Bible revival, hallelujah. Hashtag Bible revival. That's what we're doing here. Who's been doing their memory verse this week? Hallelujah, John 17, 3. And this is eternal life. <laughs> and this is eternal life, that they may know him, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. God bless you, wonderful people. We'll ask again on Sunday. 
We are doing, that's NKJV, hallelujah. But you can do any translation you like, hallelujah. But the truth is, as we begin to deliberately and intentionally meditate on the Word of God, memorize it, talk about it. Joseph and Emily and I were walking around the shop the other day. And this is eternal life, that they may know him, the one true God. And Joseph was like, no, it's the only true God, mum. The only true God. Okay, the only true God. But as we walk around talking about the Word of God, as we walk around meditating on it, chewing on it, God, God's allowing us to be edified and built up. Hallelujah. And I believe that as we make room for God, as we allow Him to fill our hearts, Emily and I are going through in the mornings um, First Samuel. Joseph doesn't get up quite early enough for joining in there. Hallelujah, so we do a separate reading. <laughs> but um, it's like we want to wait. We can't wait for the next instalment. I heard Emily did a, um, Joseph came out later and, and he was going to read and Emily was like, can you read the next chapter of Samuel? But then we ha she had to give him a uh, rundown of all the passages that we had read. And uh, hearing her summary of First Samuel was quite glorious. Hallelujah. But it's like we want, we want to know what happens next. And as you start to allow yourself to fall in love with the Word of God, God wants to minister to you. He wants to be able to bring to your remembrance, to, to release fresh revelation to us. Hallelujah. Amen? Yes. Hallelujah. Catch for us the little foxes. You know, some people are in a habit that every night they go home, they're tired, they've worked hard, and they're just in a habit of sitting down and maybe just watching some Netflix or something. And, you know, there's no condemnation for that. There's, you're free to do that. But you're also free to make other choices. And when you make other choices to actually feed on something that's going to really begin to edify you instead of lying down and thinking about the plot line of what you've just been watching. You'll be thinking about what you've just been reading or talking about, what you've just been doing. What do you want your life to look like? You know, I believe, oh, I believe revival is being offered to us. But it's going to make, it's going to take some making room. It's going to take us actually turning aside from what we might have normally done to make room for the extraordinary, to make room for a life filled with the one who wants to minister to you more than you want to minister to him. For the one that when you give just a little bit, he comes in and overwhelms you. Hallelujah. This happened to me recently. Um, just last week, I was with Dr. Michael Brown, and um, I went down. Um, there was a conference on, and, and they invited me into the green room. And I, I knew Michael, Dr. Michael had been uh, part of the leadership at the Pensacola Revival, where thousands of people were saved and, and revived. Hallelujah. And so I said to him, would you mind praying an impartation for me for revival? And he went to pray for me. 
And he prayed for us as a church. And then he began to pray number six over me. And for those of you who know me, that glorious priestly prayer of blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine on you. It means so much to me. And as he began to pray, the Holy Spirit just crashed in and unexpectedly into the room, I just began to sob and then wail and travail. And I didn't expect it. But I tell you, when you make a little bit of room and you say, I'd really like that, God's smiling because he's like, I've got so much more. And as I received this, I really felt, I couldn't go to sleep till 3 a.m. that night. I, I was just shaking under the power of God. And I, I thought, I know, I know God wants to release this. Hallelujah. But I, I want to tell you this, that a lot of people have received a lot of hands laying on, impartation, and actually received nothing. Because it's not about the physical act of a hand being laid on you. It's about the expectation of faith of what's going to happen when that happens. You see, when you put an expectation, God, I am hungry. I want you to revive my heart. I want you to set my heart on fire. You know, as you begin to seek him with an, an expectation to receive, then when hands get laid on you, it's a catalyst to release your faith and receive. I've seen um, and heard people who've received impartations that have just been so dramatically impacted. I mean, myself, Randy Clark laid hands on me, I think in about 2011. And I, I think I should shook on the platform probably for 20 minutes. And they just, they wouldn't move me because they could see the Holy Spirit was moving. And after that, things just started to explode in my ministry. But then I've heard about Bill Johnson when he, he went to Toronto and to receive an impartation. He said he felt nothing, went home, got in bed, suddenly the Holy Ghost hit him and he shook all night long, afraid that, God, am I going to be like this forever? And making the decision, if I'm like this forever and I can't ever walk again, I'm okay with that. <laughs> and then Bethel just exploded. For some people, it's, an, it's a manifestation that's instant. For others, it'll be something that you take by faith and then you just water by making room, by recognising as you wake up in the morning, things feel different. I want to do something different. I want to start my day differently. And as you lean into that, he'll crash in and fill you. Because it's not about whether you shake, bake, or cry. Though I do all of the above, hallelujah. It's about what you do with what you receive. If you wanna receive an impartation for genuine revival, genuine revival is not about a one-off encounter. It's about taking it, having it, and receiving in a greater measure a burning passion to make room for God in your life. Amen. I, I'm going to show you this video. I, I wasn't going to show people. I, I couldn't make it work. So <laughs> I kept trying to send it to James and Rochelle and Trevor and Meredy and I couldn't make the thing work. So I ended up, I went, blow it all. I'm going to put it on Facebook. I think I can do that. And I did it today. 
Only because I'm a bit more of a private person when it comes to things that are really, really deep and personal. But I really feel like as, as you watch this, I want you to know what I'm going to release. Hallelujah. And as he prays for me, he's praying for us as a church. Hallelujah. And then we're going we're gonna to release this. We're going to ask the worship team to come and we're going to pray. And release through the laying on of hands an impartation for a fresh revival. You might say, well, what's revival? You look it up in the dictionary. Revival is just a, a restoring of, coming back to. And for many, it'll be coming back to their first love and actually having the scales fall off their eyes to, the, to recognize where they have let compromises rob them from the fullness of joy that God wants to release to them. For others, it'll be a, a case of beginning to suddenly recognize, I need to repent of that. I, I, I don't want to live like that anymore. I don't want that in my life. And the more you see his light, the more you recognize, oh, I don't want that. I don't want that. I'm exchanging all of that. All of that. You can have all of that, God. All the worries, all the fears, all the little compromises. God, I don't want any of it. The, the desire to lay down your life will come upon you. And it's not a, you must do this. It's a, I just want to yield more. What more can I yield? Because I want more. I want more room. I want you to come in and fill me and overtake me. It's not about making vows. And I don't want people to make vows. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Don't do that. Make one thing your aim. Like it says in Psalm 27, one thing have I desired. This shall I seek, that I may gaze upon the Lord, that I might uh, be in his temple to gaze on his beauty. If you make that your desire, I want to know you more, God. I want you to be the Lord of my life. I want you to come in and help me, help me, Jesus, make you Lord. He's not waiting for you to get things right before he comes in. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. Bring me all the ashes. Bring me all the foreign currency. I'll take it and I'll give you beauty instead of ashes. I'll give you blessing instead of mourning. I'll give you joy. I'll give you praise instead of heaviness. Hallelujah. I will give you righteousness instead of sin. Bring it all to me. Come here. I love you. That's who he is. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the gospel to the nations, you can do so via our website, www.glorycitychurch.com.au. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer need, please send us an email at info at glorycitychurch.com.au. We would also love to hear your testimonies. You can email these praise reports to info at glorycitychurch.com.au. God bless.